0: Good morning everyone, you're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30 and of course it's time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. First up, we have to say a very good morning to Graeme Sargeants from Silky's Rose Farm. Morning, Graeme.
1: Good morning, Pam. Good morning, everybody out there in in, in listening land. They're all probably still in bed. <laughs> well, that's a good idea too. I tell you what, there's a, there's some brilliant sun um, sunrises this morning, or a sunrise this morning. Okay, which is really very nice <laughs> as you come along the Hume Freeway, and um, we have all the cars gone off the Hume Freeway now. There's, there's a two pranks there yesterday oh and um they'd all banked up and they, they were people were getting frustrated everywhere but anyway uh, a lot of people coming back from school holidays of too, course which was, yes you know, do you know there's 32,000 cars every 24 hours come up and down the Hume freeway
2: good heavens
1: and they're putting up huge barriers all the way from Melbourne to Sydney to stop people from running off the freeway can you believe that they're, they're spending millions of dollars on this. Right. And one of the unfortunate things is it's trapping the kangaroos once they get on the road. They can't get off back off the get road. Get off. No. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. But um, anyway, that's one of those things that happens. But um, from the information that's given to us, these barriers that are put up are working really well. Um, because there's a lot of people run off the road and hit trees. Yep, and, and now that's, they're
0: just going to hit
1: barriers. Yeah, they hit barriers, but they bounce off. Oh, okay. But you don't bounce off trees, mate. No, they You really don't bounce off trees at all. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that's the drama this morning for me. Goodness me. me. Yeah. Oh, But goodness. But hey, things in the garden, aren't they, Krause? Look at Virginia in here. She's brought in some Australian natives. There's and, plants everywhere uh, in the studio this morning. Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: I, we really know spring's arrived with yes, a vengeance.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, isn't it good, eh? Hey?
0: It is. It certainly is.
3: Mother Good Nature
1: never fails, does she? She doesn't. No. <laughs>
3: Good morning, Virginia Haywood. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Yes, it is. It's wonderful. Although, I have to say, it's still pretty cool. Isn't it? I mean, well, it just varies. One minute I'm boiling and I'm stripping yeah. everything <laughs> off, and there's clothes all across mm. the garden. The next mm. minute I'm freezing and I'm walking around putting them all back on again.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> it depends on the wind. The wind it, is yeah, it's, yeah, the, it's the cold. wind factor. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, and she there's she so much on now. There's yes. just things on every weekend. I think, oh, am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? It's rather exciting, really. I it love it. It is, spring. but you have to make choices. <laughs> I know. And really, the biggest choice is the garden. I've got mm. two little open gardens coming up, and I've just got to get it into order. Right. So, And the weeds are doing so well. What do, oh, you, they what are. do
1: you mean by two little open gardens?
3: Nothing nasty like a, t- a whole weekend.
1: Oh, right. Okay. <laughs>
3: I find doing two days in a row yeah. absolutely exhausting, yes. and I just don't like doing it so I've got I've got a uh, group that is led by the there's two salvia queens in Australia one in Gruyere near me and the other one in Albury and the one in Albury is bringing a group and then about four days after that the guides from the botanic gardens are coming up Mm. so it and also I mean the first group is absolutely known gardeners so they're Mm. going to be Quite sympathetic if they find the occasional weed of somewhere. Of course they are. And the second group, I know them all because they're the guides from there. There's a lot of them. Mm. But, you know, I, I still know them. So it's they're not intimidating. Whereas when you're in the open garden scheme, it's You don't hard. know who's going to turn up. And, I, I mean, I've had 600 in a day. I know, which is and ridiculous. I, mm. And it's, it's hard work. It's really hard work. Yeah. You go to bed Saturday night absolutely exhausted mm. and then start all over again.
1: Mm. Yeah. So,
3: you know... I'm quite happy to do smaller ones. Oh, if if the Upper Yarra Valley Garden Club want me to do a, a double again, I'll do it.
1: That's but it. I think you, that's all. You've got to make your own pace. Absolutely, we, yes. We, we have the same sort of thing happens to us if we have bus busloads of people, you know, two days in a row. You, you sort of, you finish and you think, oh, mate. It's just just um, too full on yes. because you're giving off about what you, what your garden's about. Yes, it, it's not.
3: And the and the thing for me is that I've because I'm a bit. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a big designer, you know. So I don't have just drifts of a few mm. things. I have got so many plants, so I just end up with this. St- queue of people behind me following me around and one drops off when they get to such and such a plant and I try and identify it which I won't necessarily be able to do of course because all the labels have washed off and then there's another one and another one. So I just walk around the garden trying to identify things for the whole day.
2: Mm. Yes.
3: Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I feel like the Pied Piper. Mm. <laughs> Except that the Pied Piper probably knows the tunes he's playing, mm. whereas I don't necessarily. Mm. Oh, that's funny. <laughs>
1: but but, but people, people want to know and understand, don't they? Yes. And yes. education is, is really important. Oh, absolutely. Big thing. But that is just
3: one of the things I really enjoy. You know, yes. people say, oh, does it need sun? And I say, I don't know. But I do know it doesn't want north wind, you know. Yeah. I mean, yep. the things mm. that I've learned about my own garden, over the last decade. That's right. Is that, you know, you read the label and it says it wants sun or it doesn't want sun. Well, what I need to know is does it want north wind? Can it cope with north wind on a 40-degree day? Yep. That's much more relevant to me than whether it wants sun or not. I can work it out. It's got grey leaves. It needs sun. Yep.
1: And and do you find that things can change from year to year?
3: Yes, but I think on a bad year... Um, it's the north wind, the hot northwest winds yeah. that'll kill anything.
1: Mm.
4: Yeah. And even yeah. this year, you've had trouble with the cold too that yeah. you don't normally have. Up yes, there, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. wind breaks. Wind breaks in Australia are really very important. We used to find the same thing when when I was doing house inspections in 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 the Shire. Uh, people had, had, would actually sell the house because the wind was just just too much mm. for them. Mm. They just got got up and said, "No, I'm going. I've just mm. sold the place." You know. Yes. Mm. Yeah.
0: We have to formally say good morning to Sue Stevens, and Sue, of course, is head propagator out at Bushland Flora Nursery. Morning, Sue. Good morning,
4: Pam. How are you?
0: Great. It's yes. Good. Every Hello. so often, is... I manage to drag you in, thanks to Virginia, and it's always wonderful to have you in the
4: studio. So. Oh, I love coming in. It's good fun. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to get uh, straight on to some community announcements, because there's all sorts of things happening. Um Virginia, perhaps I'll start with you because um, you've Uh, been to some open gardens yesterday. I I did my duty and sat um,
3: at the first garden. Yes, it's the Upper Yarra Valley Garden Club, which I am a member of. And the first weekend of October every year, they open five or six gardens. This year, it's six. And uh, two of them, I mean, I have been to so many open gardens in my life in England here and so I'm, you know, I don't necessarily like them all now, but two of them just blew me away. The first one I was um, on on duty there, taking right. taking money and making coffee, and and that was that was in um, at Hewitts Road in Launching Place. It was absolutely divine. And then the other one that I I don't know why I haven't been there before because I've um, it's been open before. Okay, but there's one. There's one in Warburton itself, which is a big old building that's been converted, and it's just – and the whole building's open, and the garden, and it's just a piece of design magic. Okay. Absolute magic. So if people are – and I met a couple there, two older women who'd come from Benalla. Right. Right. Which makes sense. You know, if you get six gardens, it's worth travelling. It is. So a have a worth, look. That's right. So yeah. the for us, the highway that's important is, is is the Warburton Highway. This is the Upper Yarra Valley Garden Club. And so it runs – I don't – oh, yeah, it basically runs from people – members of the club run from Wandon through to Warburton and beyond. And this year it's launching place. There's two in launching place and there's four in Warburton. One of the ones in Warburton, it's only a fairly new garden, but it's up this incredibly steep hill next to the golf course and it's just got the biggest views. So it's just worth going to look at the view, although you want to make sure that your car can take a steep hill. Okay. <laughs> or that you're very fit and you can walk a steep hill. <laughs> right. And if you drive along the highway, once you get to Launching Place, there are just signs for all of them. So it's quite easy. Excellent. So you come to Launching Place, you turn left into Don Road. Oh, no, there's one before that. But they're all... Well marked, and, so, and whichever one you go to first, you can either just go to that one, or you can buy. It's twenty dollars to see or six, or five dollars, which per is an garden. absolute bargain. Yeah, and it's fabulous. Mm. I, and the one, the one in Newitts Road, I just adored it. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. It's exactly the opposite to mine. Right. It's on the Don River. It's it's so it's low it, the, because we've been so wet. It's quite. Moist. Some of it's really quite wet underfoot. It's got massive forest all around it, so it's quite enclosed. But it's a big garden, so it doesn't feel enclosed, and it's absolutely beautiful. Mm. And whereas mine, of course, as you know, has got this huge view, and I can see for a hundred miles. Yep. And so it's very open. So, it. Just, I just thought it was wonderful, and he's he's done this lovely walk along the river, and oh, and they've got platypus, and. All sorts of amazing birds, although you won't see any of it this weekend because there's too many people there. Yes. But it's really precious, really precious. great. And then the one in in, um, Warburton itself was just a design beauty. Mm. It was extraordinary. Mm. So I think people should go. Upper Yarra Valley Garden Club on the Warburton Highway from Launching Place to Warburton.
0: Now people can also jump on the website to get the addresses of all of them. I think you'll find that's on the yes. uh, brochure there. Yes, in the uh, side. It's
3: UYVGc. Up, um, U. Uh, no, it's not. It's Upper Yarra Garden Club. One word, all lowercase. Dot com. Nice and easy. Yep, and they're very nice people at this club. I love it. Okay. Yes.
0: Great. Excellent, okay, now a few other things that are on today down at uh, Geelong Botanic Gardens. they've got their next discovery walk on this afternoon at two o'clock. Um, entry is via a gold coin donation, and it's uh, it's
2: uh,
0: <clears throat> it's all about the the Victorian era craze of fern collecting and the use of fern motives in decorative art, from pottery to printed paper and sculpture. So Geelong in the 1880s experienced this passion and under um, the director of uh, the curator, a huge fern house was built. So today (coughs) the walk uh, um, is all about the Fern Glade. You can join the guide to hear uh, about fern fashion history and enjoy a walk through the 1980s Fern Glade um, to have a look at some of these fascinating plants. So as I say, that's two o'clock. You meet the guide at the front steps of Geelong Botanic Gardens and entry is a gold coin donation. Now, we've been mentioning over the last uh, few weeks about the um, secret gardens of the Dandenong Ranges. Now, this is uh, five uh, tours, bus tours, that are going to be looking at some very special private gardens in the Dandenong Ranges. Now, uh, each day um, goes to some different gardens, so you can actually go on more than uh, one tour if you're interested. Um, It's a full day's um, event. Uh, So,
2: uh,
0: um, uh, as I say, a lot of the gardens are not open to the public normally. Now, the first one is coming up next Thursday, the 12th of October, then there's one on Friday the 13th, then Saturday the 14th, and then there's two more the following week on Friday the 20th and Saturday the 21st. Now, um, it starts, uh, you meet at Kawara in Kalorama. It starts with coffee and cake before departure. There'll be picnic lunches and refreshments provided, and you finish off in the evening with uh, sparkling wine uh, just to finish off the day. Now, Um, You do need to book online. The cost is $135 for the full day, but if you want to go to more than one day, there are discounts for multi-days. Now, I uh, was talking to the organisers yesterday. There are 14 places left spread across those five days. So uh, anyone who's interested, you need to get in quick because the first one starts next Thursday. Now, uh, you... uh, to book, you need to jump online, and uh, you go to the website, which is Secret Gardens of the Dandenong Ranges, all one word, dot com dot au. So Secret Gardens, plural of the Dandenong Ranges, dot com dot au, and book for that one. And uh, definitely worth going along. Um, Virginia and I went one year. I think in the very first year that they started running them. And it was absolutely great fun and we saw some wonderful gardens and they've, got, they've really added to their list of gardens this time and expanded the whole concept to we, run over the five days.
3: We had a wonderful time, didn't we, Pam? We certainly did, yes. I have looked and quite a few of them have booked out. So if people want to go, they better get on site pretty quickly.
0: Well, I've been told there is a couple of places left for each day mm. but only 14 uh, places all up. Um, it's limited to fifty places each day, so it's not a huge group. And uh, you'll be uh, there's a guide that goes with you, and you'll of course meet the uh, gardeners at each of the individual gardens. But I do recommend you jump online, have a look at the tours, and then book a place for that one. Now, uh, coming up next weekend, uh, friends of uh, Cranbourne, friends of the Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria have got their spring plant sale on. This runs both Saturday 14th, Sunday 15th of October. Ten till four on both days. Uh, the location, of course, is uh, Cranbourne Botanic Gardens, corner of Bellato Road and Botanic Drive in Cranbourne. They've got a wide range of Australian plants in tubes and larger pots for sale, priced from $3. So it's a great opportunity to go and purchase some plants and have a good look around the Australian garden. Now... Uh, <clears throat> Today, I should also mention, of course, is the second day of the Garden Lovers' Fair up at Bolabek. This is at Mount Macedon. It's running from 10 o'clock through till 4 o'clock this afternoon. The address is 370 Mount Macedon Road there. Now, it's before you go up the hill at Mount Macedon. So you simply turn off uh, from the freeway onto the Mount Macedon Road. It'll be very well signposted. Um, They've got lots and lots of exhibitors there with all sorts of uh, plants and uh, other garden equipment there for sale. And, of course, you can take a picnic and have a picnic within Bollabec. You can explore the gardens of Bollabec, but please, no dogs there. So uh, that is today, the second day of it. It's uh, all happening up at Mount Macedon. Now, coming up uh, for Open Gardens Victoria... Their next uh, open garden will be next weekend. This is um, a garden in South Yarra. It's um, in Avoca Street, 61 Avoca Street in South Yarra. Now, uh, this is uh, a gardener, a garden of a passionate collector and rescuer of unusual plant species. So um, he has a huge multi-headed dragon tree in, in the front garden, um, which really frames the 1930s Neo-Georgian house. But he's got all sorts of amazing um, textured plantings, um, uh, cacti, aloes, succulents, then uh, uh, claviers, um exotic oasis from northern Africa, uh, mature trees, um, uh, an Algerian oak, a beautiful peppercorn, um, and there is, if when you enter the rear garden through an arched gateway, there's a grotto, griffins and fun sculptures. So a lot to see. Uh, the garden's created with children in mind as well and extends to a shaded area for chickens, rabbits and guinea pigs. So um, a garden for all people.
3: How big must it be with a peppercorn tree and an Algerian oak? That's just about the biggest of all the
5: oaks.
0: <laughs> stunning, absolutely stunning. So um, the details of that again: it's sixty-one Avoka Street. It's open next weekend, not this weekend. Next weekend, Saturday the fourteenth, Sunday the fifteenth of October, ten o'clock three till four thirty on both days. Um, entry is eight dollars. Children under eighteen free. Students five dollars. And once again, our very good friends at uh, Open Gardens Victoria have given us one free double pass. So the first uh, listener who'd like to uh, get that double pass, if you like to ring Liz in now on 94190155, you can uh, grab that free double pass. That will be posted out to you. So that number, 94190155 for the free double pass. Virginia? There's also in two
3: weekends, the 21st and the 22nd, the Botanic Gardens in South Yarra are having a big rare plant sale. It'll be the Friends and Diggers and it'll be exciting. There'll be heaps. Last year I was away with Stephen so I missed it and apparently the weather was absolutely appalling but people still had a really good time. Yes. And there's a plant crash so you can sort of wander around the gardens and come back and pick up your stuff later so not next weekend, but the weekend after for those who are keen to buy the unusual.
0: And I believe they've got even more stalls this year than they had last yes. year. So it's going to be bigger and better. Yeah, it should be exciting. It should be. Absolutely. I'll be
3: there in my uniform both days.
0: Okay. You'll be busy girl that weekend. <laughs> <I will>. <laughs> <laughs> one, One more I should mention because this is coming up also the weekend of 14th and 15th. And that is that um, our very good friend, Meryl Johnson, is opening up her garden and nursery. Now, she's opening from Saturday the 14th and running right through until Wednesday the 8th of November. 10am through to 4pm on all those days. Um, so, as I say, both the nursery and the garden will be open. There'll be refreshments available or you can bring a picnic Um All the plants will be out on display and for sale. It's free entry. Um, Of course, uh, Meryl runs Country Farm Perennials, so she's a specialist uh, grower of hardy and unusual plants. Now, the address is 96 Langs Road. That's L-A-I-N-G-S, Langs Road in Nayook. If you'd like, uh, it's it's about a a a one-and-a-half-hour drive from Melbourne. Uh, via Monash and Princess Freeways and in conjunction there's going to be a whole lot of gardens open as well that are all taking place over that particular weekend but as I say Merrill's garden will be open running right through until the 8th of November so that gives you a little bit of time to go and have a look. Now um, if you'd like more information um, I'll give you her phone number it's 56284202 that's 56284202 56- Two eight four two zero two.
3: I've driven there from Seville, and it's the most beautiful drive. You go to Yarra Junction and just turn right. There's only one turn right at Yarra okay. Junction, <laughs> and just drive all the way through to Gippsland through some of the most beautiful forest. Yeah, absolute, it is, it absolutely, absolutely
1: beautiful country. It's yeah. a treat
3: Mm. it is just gorgeous so it's worth going just for the drive right Mm. not to mention I mean their garden is beautiful oh yes Mm. I'm sure it is absolutely stunning
0: and she has some amazing plants too there so uh, absolutely be prepared to pick up a few bargains you'll get some wonderful plants there yes Mm. good okay well it's high time we invited our listeners to join us this morning if you'd like to uh, ask a gardening question this morning uh, in the studio, we've got Graham Sargent, so we can talk all things roses. We've got Sue Stevens and Virginia Haywood. And Sue, of course, can talk all things Australian native plants and uh, anything to do with propagating. If you're having problems trying to propagate a particular plant, do give us a call. That number is 9419 0155. 9419 0155. Graham, we might start with you because you brought in uh, two roses this morning. Tell us a bit about them.
1: Yes, Pam. Um, the first one I, I wanted to um, talk about this morning was a rose called Guardian Angel. And it's uh, a, a, a delightful shrub, make a good hedge, doesn't get too big. Um, to describe it, it's a creamy colour and um, also got a good perfume. And, of course, Guardian Angel is, is one of those things that, unfortunately, we do get people... Just need to have a rose for, as a as a guardian angel, um, for different you know different reasons, and um, it's got a perfume and it's bred by Harknesses in England, so it's got um, good breeding background and it's won a number of different awards. Okay, it's, um, um, it's a rose that we would definitely recommend for its health and vigor as well.
0: Right, excellent.
1: A- and the second one I've got in h- here is um, a rose called In Appreciation, and. One, one would describe it as a, as a really vivid pink, one of those things that ha, ha, that stand out in the garden, and um, it's one of those roses that can be given on a special occasion for people who um, feel like they appreciate the work of someone or whatever, you know, I, in that vein.
0: Perfect idea for a gift.
1: Yes, ideal, and that's very healthy and is, is won a certificate of merit in the rose trials in Adelaide uh, two or three years ago, and that's bred by Tantows in Germany. And Tanntas have bred some fantastic roses, and uh, of course, um, as a breeder they 've put a huge emphasis on health and vigor in in roses and um, that 'll get to about one point four meters and it 's fairly you know reasonably upright. another rose that could be grown as a hedge as well, and um, one of those plants that um, doesn't seem to stop flowering for for nine to ten months of the year goodness that yeah, is yeah. good and so one of those roses often people talk to us about roses they remember when they get a rose for, for a particular occasion and years down the track they'll sort of be in their garden and say ah i remember when i got that mm. it's one of those memory things you know yes and, and um that that in itself is very good um you can see it, just looking at it here in the studio you can see the the uh, glow of the leaves, actually, and it's one of those things w- when you talk about roses. Not only the flowers important, but what the bush looks like too. Yes, because you've got you know a fair area that a bush um, covers, and that of course is with you in the garden. For the, uh, and that, some get mm.
3: very messy and do not look good, and some mm. have got such beautiful leaf
1: mm. structure mm. or mm. leaf
3: colour that you yes. just you just appreciate it for that.
1: Yes. Mm. So that's it's what I'd call pretty much a multi-purpose rose.
3: I've got a funny little one that I got. Well, yes, I suppose it's little. It only comes to my hips, and it's been there for years. I got from John Steak and the flowers are about the size of a, a cent coin. They're really, yes. really small, and they're sort of green. They're quite totally insignificant. Okay. But I still really like it, even though it does yeah. so little. Yeah.
1: And you like the bush? <laughs> Yes, yeah, I do. It
3: yeah. weeps. And and it's very thorny, so the birds, little birds like it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah. and anything that the little birds like. When I first moved to my place, there wasn't a single little bird in there.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And now yeah. I've got heaps because yeah. I've changed the environment. Provided habitat, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah,
1: and that can happen with roses too. We find in our garden the birds will nest in a particular rose because they know that they've got plenty of protection. And, yes. and, the, and the uncannily fine roses have got a whole stack of thorns. And, um, that, and they yeah, love it. Yeah, and oftentimes you'll, you'll prune it in the, in the wintertime and, and look in and think, crikey, there's a decent old nest in there. Look at that. And you mm. never normally see it. They're, mm. they're real cur- cool, these old birds that know where to nest.
0: Excellent. Okay, great. Sue, so you've brought in just a wealth of plants this morning. Um, let's make
4: a start on some of them. Oh, okay, Gee, I I'll I'll, I'll brought in a couple of pieces out of the garden. Gin came over and we had a look. And I've, One of these um, plants I brought in is called uh, Astrolacea um, and it actually grows in the Warabungles in New South Wales. That's where it comes from. And it's about one and a half metres. It's taken probably about oh, four or five years to get to that height in my garden. Okay. Um, it's four part shade but I've actually got it in um full sun so it's one of those australian natives that does need a drink on those hot days the the plant will just totally wilt like i haven't lost it or anything no, but it's but... uh it doesn't like um the blaring sun on it you do get a wilt but it's, it's just absolutely beautiful so it has silvery gray leaves and covered in masses of uh white little daisy flowers, but um, it really stands out with the yellow stamens. Or it's,
3: it's re- It comes from the Warrumbungles in New South Wales, which yeah. is a fairly tough yeah. sort of area, but I yeah. think it must grow near rivers or something.
4: Right. I've, I've actually got it because uh, the garden I've got it in, in Christie's Garden, is actually a, a mixed garden of Australian natives and I've actually got it with the butylons and corriers in the front and it just looks really, really at, lovely. At the moment it looks absolutely stunning. I've never seen it anywhere else. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it is around. I, it's <laughs> it, I got it at Karanga um, at the time. Yeah, when I saw it, it was like one of those things I just had to have and mm. uh, it's well worth putting in i don't know how easy it is to propagate i'd say it's looking at it's uh, probably quite difficult let's yeah. try
3: because then we could put it in my garden we could <laughs> we could
4: yeah so, so
1: the, that would like a, a, a bit of a semi-shaded spot would it i think yeah. it would the yeah. only
4: thing that worries me with this is if you put it in too much shaded would tend to go forward yeah yeah, yeah i reckon yeah. so out. it's mm. um but sue's garden is very protected
3: so even though she says it's in full sun it's yes. not in full north wind. No. No, okay.
4: But it's um it's quite interesting actually. Yesterday we went had a walk around my garden, then we went to Virginia's and I mean you're talking how many kilometres difference between where we are, seven? Oh
3: eight? at the most. At
4: the most. Mm. And my garden would be six weeks at least behind Virginia's. It's All the Salvias. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um How this would do in Virginia, she'd probably have to put it in more a protected I would have to put it on the the southern side of my house, I'm sure. Yes. And I got uh, very badly hit with the frost. I haven't had a frost like that since the year that I had my open garden, the year before, my garden was destroyed. All the plectranthus, everything like that. And this year it's done it again. And it always happens to me. I think I'll stay ahead and I'll prune now. And then bang, it hits it on top of the pruning, which yes, is a which real is the bugger. Worst
3: thing. And yeah. it's interesting because my garden, some there was one plant in my garden that was less frost hit than the botanic gardens in South Yarra. I think because I'm because I'm on the hill, the frost rolls off, mm. and I've got one spot which I, I've been hit, and the heliotrope's been yes. massively damaged. But the rest of my garden, I have not been frost damaged at all. It's mm. very strange, mm. very strange. But I remember when I was living in Britain that they used to teach you to actually plant so that you could collect the frost. As it rolled down the hill, you'd plant a row of conifers and the frost would hit those conifers, then you'd leave a hole... To direct it and through. And to direct the frost through. Yes. So it does roll, just wow. like water. Yes,
0: yes. You've been one of the only people I know that hasn't been hit by frost this I know. year. It's been such a well, crazy winter. my yeah. poor
3: heliotrope. It's... um. It's really seriously <laughs>
0: frosted. Right.
3: And yeah. one, one of my salvias, I'm not sure if, it, I think it's frosted. Otherwise, it's got a sad case of disease. Right. It's a, um, I need Meg for a bit of medical help on that plant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You might just have to re-propagate you know, yes. if you can. Yes,
3: yes. Oh, I'm hoping she will have done that because it's a beautiful thing. Right. And both Sue and Meg always said to me, that's in the wrong place.
0: Well, now you
4: know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yes, Yes, Oxiflora. Yes. Meg said to move it. The the thing is, it's such a hard plant to grow and it's doing so well where Virginia's got it. I said, no, don't move it. Well, you've obviously well, just got to have another one in the garden It's I a lost, different spot. I lost mine this year with the frost. It yes. actually took that plant out it really because took it wasn't it out. protected. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, which is And sweet. speaking of all these plants, last time I was in, which I'm not sure when it was, but wasn't that long ago, I was talking about an Australian native, Isotoma, which I saw all over England and I got a long email from Roger saying, "Where have you been for 50 years?" <laughs> And it's quite interesting, I think, because he said, "Oh, blah blah." Um, you know, it, we used to sell this in the sixties at Ostriflora, and it's been around forever. It was introduced to England in eighteen twenty four. Oh goodness! Now, see, I might have seen it in England and thought it was beautiful and not known, it not was known Australian. what It was, yeah, not you, known. It you was weren't
1: Australian. around in eighteen. No, it, no, it, it no nearly that. <laughs> <laughs> nearly, it actually doesn't look like an Australian
4: native, really, does no. it? No, but,
3: but you know since i've spotted it i ha- i mean i go to i just i go to nurseries just to look not to buy just to look and i go to the wholesalers where you've got 15 20 different nurseries represented i do look for this plant all the time and i haven't seen it so okay. and i think i mean I'm sh- obviously roger did sell it back then yes but it's it's got um both roger and sue's boss have said be very careful of the sap it's it's a bit it's a bit like a euphoria um, you know yes. the sap is poisonous and and at Sue's Place, they're not that keen on doing it because of that, because it can affect the people working there. Of course. I haven't seen it. So it might have been around in in the 60s, and it might have been in Britain since 1824, but it's exactly what we say with Gar- Garden Plant Conservation Association. Things just disappear. Yeah. They go out of fashion. They go out of fashion. Yes. Or there's a problem yes. for some reason. Or they don't look good in a pot, so they don't hmm. sell. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, so Roger has brought me to task. Okay. (laughs) I'm showing my ignorance, but (laughs) nevertheless, if I see any more of it, I will buy it immediately. Right. (laughs)
4: It's actually a shame that nurseries focus on that, I find too, because quite often I'll see something really nice that I think would be nice to do and... People have said, "Well, it's not salable if it doesn't look good in a six-inch pot." That's right. And you get that with salvia's too. That's why a lot of the nurseries don't actually do them, except for the heat wave and love and wishes. Yes. Because unless you are a salvia person and you look at it in a pot, you think, "Oh, how straggly!" Yes, but once you've had it in your garden, or the problem is um, they don't flower. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Kunzias and some of the plants that we do at work, you don't get the flowering until the second year in a
1: mm, eight-inch mm,
4: pot, yet mm. they're absolutely stunning. Mm,
1: and salvias are such a great value, aren't they? They and are, the yarn, particularly because
4: the birds love them but so much. We've got a um, new Kunzia, oh, I didn't bring it in actually, that uh, it's been around for a while uh, with pale pink flowers that flowers on and off all year. Right. Um, easy to propagate. And we'd originally got it from um, Katandra when Bob, Bob O'Neill had that. Yes. Um, I think we got about three cuttings because it was the wrong time of the year and we've actually got them planted. And we've called it Persian pink, so that's actually for sale at the moment. But okay. But we've had to do a really nice plant tag to show people what it actually is because mm. we haven't got it flowering like in the 8-inch pot. Yes. Yeah, but really lovely. Excellent.
0: Okay, we'll go to our first caller. We have uh, Elizabeth down in Frankston. Good morning, Elizabeth.
4: Oh, good morning.
6: Um, I was querying about uh, curl grub. Now, last year I repotted um, some of my plants and I noticed there was curl grub in them. Naturally, I took them out and put fresh soil in and whatever. Um, But once I take the curl grub out of the soil... Can I then put the soil in the compost to rejuvenate, you know, and use it?
3: Or, or uh, I, w- I would have thought so, but I, d- I couldn't swear on it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's a beetle,
6: the curl grub.
3: It grows into beetles. So oh, does
5: it? I wasn't
6: sure if it was a butterfly. I no, know, it's a beetle. Um, I didn't want to be killing off <laughs> baby butterflies. No, But absolutely. if it's a beetle, well, they can take care of themselves. But well, um, if- what, what can I put in the pot to actually deter or kill the grub before it grows? Nothing. Nothing. Because, it's just a matter of changing the soil. Well, yes,
3: because if it's going... I mean, it, it, you're going to have to kill something like that. You're going to have to put something pretty poisonous, and mm. I would say it's much easier just to repot and shake it out.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and if, I don't bother with it in my garden either because I figure it, it's going to eat a few roots, but I haven't found that it's killed anything. Yeah. People get very upset when it's in their lawns. Their lawns,
6: yeah, Because it makes a mess of the lawn. But, well, but I, I, must I, think, I must admit, I, I, I've only got one bit of lawn that's on the nature strip.
2: Well, who cares uh, that, then? That, let, that, it,
6: let it go. Put the yeah, them well, that, there and it that, that takes there. care of itself. But with the um, repotting of the plants and finding the grub, I think, well, what, what damage are they going to do?
2: See,
3: and, I haven't, I mean, somebody's going to ring in and say, oh, I lost a whole lot. But I haven't found a huge yeah. amount of damage from it. And, you know, the dung beetle, I think, gets called curl cool grub.
2: And the well, no. This is very this is important. This like a little cadets. white.
6: Hmm. This is like a little white witchetty grub, yes, 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 with a black that's head. Right. I, I, I have identified. I don't know what it is. Yep. And when I've taken them out of the soil, you know, sipped it and try to um, put the soil back into the compost, I thought, well, am I sort of creating a sil- cycle of, you know, more um, grubs? But uh, they don't like hot water. Well, I put them in a can, an old can, and just pour some boiling water over.
1: I'd like and to if, get, love if you're them. Going, if you're going to be putting it in the compost, you know, I'd make sure that you, the compost is going to get really hot. Yeah, and um, and that heat will just knock them off. Mm. Yeah, and. Um, and, and that happens with so many different things in mm. the compost heap. And you can heat it up, especially now at this time of the year, by using grass cuttings. Yeah, yes, And yeah. the grass cuttings will actually give off a gas that's really good for, yeah. for compost yeah. um, and another processes. Th-
6: another thing I found good for the compost was um, canna lilies, you know, the leaves. Oh, yes. They break down and they really vitalise the uh, compost. Yes. But I think, well, if I sieve the soil, take out the mature grubs, and um, because of the compost, the the heat of that should um, knock off any eggs. And the other thing, or, the yes, other I'm thing sure. too would
3: to do would be to spread it the soil fairly thinly across the top of the compost so that it's going to be exposed to the sun oh mm. unless you've, what sort of compost have you got?
6: Well I, I do have open compost yeah. where I cut it and just throw it and yeah. you know it takes yeah. care of so it itself. So it, spread it a bit thinly and
3: because yeah. I do that mm. when I put something with roots in, I just make sure it stays on the top for a yeah. while till the yeah. roots get baked.
6: Well I, I, I do have a compost bin and I thought well if I spread the uh, soil over the top the little white flies, well they don't um, Yes
7: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
6: So there's nothing uh, apart from what we're talking, repotting, removing grub and um, disposing of the grub and uh, um, perhaps um, resaving or reusing some of the um, soil in the compost.
4: Yes, Mm. I think so. Another way too I've done before when I've had things that I want to heat up and keep them isolated is to put them into a black plastic bag and put them into the sun and it actually heats up and to a hot temperature if you don't Yes. Need. Well,
6: I, I must admit I have done that. I've got a couple of old tin sheds Yeah. Yep. and I put them in the plastic bag, put them on the hot tin roof. And that seems to help it break down a bit. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Yep, that's
0: fine. You're doing all the right things there, Elizabeth. Yeah, ex- except
6: that the little grubs don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't tell them. Okay. Okay, okay thanks a lot Good. for your help. Okay, bye-bye.
0: Bye. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. We're running through until 9.15 today, our usual time slot. Uh, in the studio this morning, we have uh, Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose Farm, Virginia Hayward, who's a guide at the uh, Botanic Gardens Melbourne, and Sue Stevens, who's head propagator out at Bushland Flora Nursery. So if you'd like to give us a call and ask a gardening question, we'd love to hear from you. That number, 94190155. That's 94190155. While I'm talking 3CR, we do have a vacancy for someone who would be interested in Joining our little family in here on, uh, for, uh, we do have a whole, uh, team of volunteers who, uh, who, uh, bravely come in one, uh, Sunday each month to, uh, put the phone calls through to the on-air studio. And, uh, without those volunteers, we just wouldn't have a show. We wouldn't have our talk back, uh, up and running on a Sunday morning. We'd love uh, if someone is interested in uh, coming in, we'll train you. how. Don't worry if you don't know how to do any of it. It's very simple. You will get trained up. And uh, then, as I say, uh, you, you can join. I put out a roster for every uh, six months uh, so that you know exactly when you might be rostered on. And you simply come in and join all of us. You have a good chat to any of the presenters who are on air that morning, get to know us all. We often socialise and go for a cup of coffee after the show. Uh, so if you'd like to, uh, to be part of the team, we'd love to welcome you aboard. Uh, if you'd like to phone in to Liz and give her your phone number, I will contact you uh, after the show and we'll sort out a time when you would be available to come in and do a little bit of training. But it's not onerous at all. It's absolutely fabulous. We've lost two really good
3: people this year in in Jenny and Anne and it's very sad when people just get to the point where they can't do it anymore. Both of them have been struck by illness. And
0: they've been, they've been volunteers it's for, for years. years and years. Yes. Well, I've
3: been here for bloody hell for a long time now. and as well, for I've
1: you, been here
0: for even longer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've got a permanent bed for you here.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and we do. We go out for coffee afterwards. and we We're go,
0: all great friends and, and we, all, we have a good time. Yeah, and we go to things together. It is. It's really it's fun. So, if you'd like to be a part of the team, we'd love to welcome you aboard. So, give we've, give we've
3: Liz got, a call. We've got four people from the garden, from the guides from the Botanic Gardens here now. That's right. Which is fantastic. Which is wonderful. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, that number again to have a quick chat to Liz nine four one nine zero one double five nine four one nine zero one double five. Okay, if you'd like to join us this morning, do give us a
4: call um, on that phone number. So, let's go to another plant. This plant that I've brought in is a stunning little thing. It's called a Lazio petalum boweri. Um It grows to about a metre. Um, silvery uh, green leaves and beautiful little flowers that sort of hang downwards like a Tamacia, if people know a Tamacia. Um, totally drought tolerant, frost tolerant, um, and it actually flowers from spring and well into the summer. Gosh. So it's really lovely. But it's actually a really nice foliage plant to have in the garden even when it's not flowering. There's
3: there's a whole lot in the botanic
4: gardens. If you come to
3: the botanic gardens, you'll see them. They've been planted around the observatory, so just near where the restaurant is. And they're all in flower at the moment. And they ju- there must be, oh, I don't know, 15 of them yes. in a row. And they um. just look fabulous. And it's another one I haven't seen Anywhere except Sue's nursery and the Botanic Gardens, and oh. I think it is lovely. Apparently, it's another one that was grown in Britain in the nineteenth century. Okay, because yeah. those Brits are so plant mad. Um, seventeen ninety
4: eight. Yes, it's a, and it was interesting. <laughs> it was
3: first described in seventeen ninety eight. So it's a very early uh, described, very early in in you know Australian white history. Right. And but I don't. I do you see it
4: around? For sale? Yes, or in people's gardens. No, not a lot. No, no. But I think once people know about it, they tend to. Because there's it, quite a few different ones that you can get. I actually saw the most beautiful one. Not so much the shape of the bush, but the flowers in Cranbourne Botanical Gardens, and also in Bob O'Neill's new garden. He's got a. He's moved now to Narrawarren and he's got a stunning, one-acre garden that was on the Open Garden Scheme, um, called Discolour. Okay are uh, really, really beautiful and more furry um sort of pinky mauve flowers, but they're a great plant, um easy to grow, like I've never lost I've got two um lost it
3: in the garden there's thirty five species, and most of them come from the west, but there's also quite a lot in the wild in Victoria in Victoria, there's some the Mornington peninsula right through to Port Campbell. In South Australia, they're on um, Kangaroo yes. Island. Okay. in the Flinders, Flinders Ranges. Ranges. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, but I just anybody who's interested, go and have a look at the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne. They're just around at around the the buildings that's at, that are on the driveway as you come in at the top, at the very top of the Botanic Gardens, and they okay. are, and there's just a little. A little pink flower with a very grey leaf, so it's very soft. I think they're quite exciting. Mm. Yeah, they
4: are. And if you are up round Virginia's way, if you put that into the red soil, because we planted that at Fiona's near the water tank, it doubled in size. It was the most stunning thing. Okay. And I I know at the time she said, oh, what's that, because it wasn't in flower, and then the excitement when it comes into flower. It's just, you can imagine a metre Of that, and that's actually quite sparse. Okay, the foliage is usually more dense. Well, it's another
3: thing that looks better in the ground than in a pot. It does, yeah. Yeah.
4: Really easy plant to grow, and for full sun, dry. Yep. Okay, fantastic. All right,
0: next up, we're going to go to uh, Coral, who's up in Lansfield. Good morning, Coral.
5: Hello, everybody. Um, I've got a seed pod that someone gave me out of their garden, and it's like a vanilla bean seed. And I just threw it on the bench. yesterday I went up and there's all these little feathery things with little seed on the bottom. I don't want to sow weed, so I don't know what it is. Not vanilla. I know. Oh, I don't think it's vanilla. It
3: vanilla like, is actually the only um, flowering orchid, so it won't be vanilla. It won't be vanilla. No, it sounds like
4: no. an oxypetalum. Is it a big... Um, it's about a foot long. Oh, no. Yeah,
5: and finish no. It's just like a vanilla bean when you see them stripping the vanilla out of them, you know, when they're on the sh- on the... Um, Is that cooking of tree? Yeah, that's
4: exactly what I yeah, wondered. Yeah, yeah. If it's, if it's a, a, <clears throat> a tree. Brachy <throat> it sounds like the seed pot of, could be. Did she what, have that,
5: trees? Yeah, she had bushes, sort of big, big bushes, and some were trees. It's a, a garden up at Bainton, so it's, you know, it's an old farmhouse. Now, um, do you think that's a weed? They're flying every bloody <laughs> I don't know where no, the prey is. No, brachy-
3: the brachychitin Actually, seeds do, don't fly I don't know if it's oh, fluffy. No, I don't
5: think it's a brachychitin. She's not a native person. No. I'm more of a native person than her. Mm. But I don't think it's a brachychitin. Do they have long sting? It's really thin, just like a vanilla. Sting. No, yes, no, the
3: brachychitin's a bit wider. It looks more like yeah, a huge yeah, pea. Yeah.
1: Can, no, you, I, can you get in touch with that lady and and? Yeah, I ask can. It. I can. Stip, I went up there yesterday
5: Stick the and seeds
3: it was, on a on some potting soil. Yeah, see what hmm. they turn out and see what happens. Yes, yeah.
4: the, if it is an oxepetalum, well, I'm thinking they have fluffy white um, seeds. But,
3: in, but she's not a native person.
4: No, that's not a. Oh no, it's no, not it's either. not. Yes, it's no, a it's a tweedia. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That has a long seed pod with fluffy white seeds inside. Is uh-huh. that? Yeah, it does, if it is that. Do you think that it'd become a weed? No, it's a beautiful thing, and it has the most beautiful blue flowers, sky blue. Oh, Yeah, that's what the seed pod's like for Mm. that, yeah. Mm. All
5: right, well, I'll put some in. I'll just sit them on top, won't I, because they fly away, so I'll have to just put them on top. Just on top, And let's bury themselves. Or yeah, put a just, very, yeah. very,
3: very light covering. Just a sprinkling of, 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 of s- seed-raising mix over, over the, the top. top yeah. Maybe yeah. even sift a little bit over the top of it just to hold them All in right. place. Yeah. All right.
0: Thanks for that. Okay. Good luck, Good luck. That. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, that number again, if you'd like to join us this morning, you are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. Uh, the number is nine four one nine zero one double five. That's 9419 Zero one double five. Okay, uh let me see. Next up we have uh Terry who's in Chelsea. Good morning, Terry.
7: Good morning, how are you? We're well, thank you. That's good. Um two questions. A friend of mine has a wisteria vine which is across her um veranda. Now they, they cut it back fairly hard hardy Yes. They cut it back fairly hard yep. through the winter. Um, which they've always done. Yes. But this, this year there seems to be an awful lot of dead wood and no, not much flower on it.
3: They probably cut the flowering points off, and it'll. They'll have to wait till next year. If you if you prune very hard and yes. a bit late. Yes.
7: You know you can cut off the flowers, the flowering flowers. buds. Yes. yes. And would that cause the dieback as well?
3: I wouldn't have thought so. I don't know about the dieback.
7: I have mean, they,
1: what have they had any frosts there?
7: No, they're down at Frankston. But I also wisteria
3: grows up. all over Britain. Mm. And the it whole does, of Britain's frosted.
2: Mm.
7: Yes. Actually we had I'm in Chelsea and now um Wisteria's absolutely beautiful this mm. year over the pergola. And I had a we had a couple of frosts here, you know, that last one we had. Yep. That <laughs> killed off even orchid stems. I couldn't believe it.
3: Goodness. Yeah. Well,
7: so um, Well
3: Terry, I had um I had a gardener in who decided that for some reason,
7: mm. best known to himself, mm. that
3: my wisteria was in the wrong bed, so he just chopped it out.
7: Oh, I thought it was nice of you.
3: And it was, it was a white one oh, with a big no. flower, so I was very upset. Three years later, back it was. Oh, really? And it's just coming into flower as we mm. speak, and it is in the wrong place. Yes,
7: yes. But who cares? Just,
1: just keep it away from foundations.
7: Well, that's right, well, yes. yeah, that's right, I can get yeah. into them. I, I've,
1: it? Not, I've seen it happen. Oh, reactor no, Foundations in the building I know, we've got and it's yeah. digging
7: up our path. But.
3: There's one in the Botanic Gardens which has gone up a Pinus radiata, you know, the ordinary pine tree that yeah. they use for crops, for yeah. tree and um, paper and stuff. Mm. It must be 100 foot high.
7: Oh my god! And it's just
3: coming into flower. So if you're in town, go and yes. have a look at it. It's just oh, it's, it's, it's just um, up the top of the gardens again, and it's just extraordinary. Yeah. it must. And it's got a trunk that is as big as a, as a tree trunk.
7: Yes, yes. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. The well, louse is really lovely this year, and the bees are just. I think I love
3: them. They're wonderful, but they, they are very
7: active. They're are big. I've got a beautiful pink one too. Which oh, is, nice. Yes, it's the standard. Lovely. Um, so did, you right. stand, did you do the standardising? No, actually my old boss gave it to me many years ago and it took about eight years before it flowered. Right. Yes. That so means
3: it was young because yes, they do take a long time to come that's to flower. Right. I Usually mean when you buy them, they've yes. been grafted so they flower quicker.
7: Oh, okay. So he must have bought it, you know, he bought it for me. and mm. it's 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 not very nice looking. It's got a really crooked trunk, but I don't mind. No, well, when they're in it. flower,
3: they're just exciting. The rest of the year, you can ignore them.
7: That's right. Yes. Now I have another question too. Sure. Um, giant Adgeratum, um, which a friend of mine is growing—different friend—and um, would I be able to grow that from a cutting? Put. Do you think
4: you can? Which one are you? Are you talking about um, the one that has really big leaves?
7: Yes. Um, yeah. and the really big head, and it grows. Yeah. Yeah, Um,
4: into a bush. It does. Oh, what's the other name they call that? The big.
7: I just knew it as adgeratum. Yeah, they've
4: changed it to Adgeratum now, but it was called. um, I can't even think of it now. I've actually just propagated that from a cutting. Yes, but it actually took um, probably about six weeks. Oh, okay. Um, And you don't want the wood too soft, so sort of semi-hardwood cutting. Yes. Semi-hardwood. Yeah. Semi-hardwood. Yeah.
7: And just into propagating mix. Yep,
4: yep. And just a little bit of hormone, not too much. Hormone would probably even work without it. Yeah.
7: Oh, okay. So just straight into the potting mix. Um, Sorry,
4: um, perlite. Would that be right? Just yep, perlite and peat mix. Oh, and Um, peat mix. But you can also propagate that plant even into some seed raising mix.
3: Yes, it'll go in soil. I think. Will it? Yeah.
4: Yep.
7: So just from an old, just from a piece of soft wood, no, I mean Sem- older wood. Semi-hard, semi-hard yeah, yeah.
4: Hard wood, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Th- it, d- it does tend to wilt if you use the soft, and I wouldn't, I'd be doing it now. I wouldn't, um, I've tried it before in the hotter weather. Yes. Um, the other thing to do too is to cut the leaves in half with that plant, or the other thing you can do is leave the leaves intact, yes. and you want about two or three leaves and do a cutting Probably about six to eight inches tall. Oh, okay. And then you, if this is what you can use with other propagating techniques as well, yes. is leave the leaves intact, especially if they're glossy green leaves, yes. and get an elastic band just to hold the leaves together.
2: Yes, okay. Yeah, because
4: a lot of the time, with if you're propagating plants that have got glossy green leaves, if you cut the leaves in half, it causes stem grossy. rot.
7: Yeah, it's
4: not really glossy leaves. Though, no, is. no, that one isn't. But no. you can cut the leaves in half of that one
7: and grow it from the leaf. You
4: mean? No, no, no. Um, because cut it the,
7: in half because that'll take
4: the all leaves are really big goodness. on on yes. that ageratum. Yeah. That's right. Is, so it, that eupatorium, takes, is it eupatorium. Yeah. Eupatorium. Yes. Eupatorium, but Greg, Greg Baldiston sells it as a um, ageratum. Yes. Who is it? Greg Balderson,
3: which is who, a com- who comes in here sometimes.
8: Oh, okay. Yeah, when so he we're was. About to see.
3: He's in up Macedon Way, oh, okay. Romsey. Yeah. Romsey,
4: yep. So yep. Greg, Boldiston, and the other people that you can buy that plant from your miner in Monbulk, they actually sell your that. Miner, yeah. U-, U M N. No, Y, y- A U Y A, A-, A- M-, M I N A. But they actually have it under the name Uptorium. U-bitorium. I've yep. got, I've got Greg's number
7: here, so let me just look it
4: up and I'll give it to you.
7: Thank you, Ubertorium. So that's E-U-B... A-U-P? E-U-P.
4: E-U-P-O-R-T, is it? I'm not sure of the correct I-U-M,
7: spelling of I-U-M, would it be? Ubertorium.
3: E-U-P-A-T-E-R-I-U-M.
7: A-T-I-U-M. Yes. yes. Mm. And Thank if you, you
3: want to get in contact... Have, um, With Greg? Yes. Can you send him, I've got his longonomous at hotmail.com. Is that all right for you? You can tell me again. I'll spell it for you. Thank you. L-O-N-G. Yes. I-N. Yes. O-M-U-S. O-M-U-S.
7: I hope.
4: At hotmail.com.
7: At hotmail.com.
4: Um. Even at the botanical gardens at this rare plant sale, you'd They're probably. They're sure to pick, have it there. Yes. Oh, two that weeks time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But when
7: is there? I didn't hear the. That's not,
3: of, not next weekend, but the weekend after, the third weekend of the month. Oh, so third. Both and Saturday that, and Sunday.
7: Saturday and Sunday, and that starts
3: really early, doesn't it? It's yes. It's I think it's ten through till whatever, and okay. there's a lot of speakers, um, a lot of different people. Yeah.
7: Yeah. So this is at the. Um, Botanic. Melbourne Botanical, Melbourne Botanical Botan- yes. yeah, in yeah. South Yarra. Yeah, oh, well f- worth.
3: It's fifteen dollars entry,
7: yes. but you get
3: into all the talks for free.
7: Oh, good.
3: And there's quite a lot of stalls, and there yes. will, and the friends are there, and and we've got a lot of eutatoriums in the gardens, so they definitely will have propped that, I'm sure. Mm. Oh, that'll
0: be great then. And Terry, if you have still got that paper and pencil there, I've just looked up Greg Bolden's, uh phone number for you. Yes, fine. Um, it's mobile. Yes, zero four three eight.
7: 0438 296 296 006. Two, nine, six. Zero, zero, six. Zero, zero, 006.
4: This is going all over my diary. <laughs> it's <laughs> a beautiful plant, though, isn't it? Mine's oh, only about six it. inches tall, my little cutting at the moment oh, of really? that. Oh, really? But one of the gardens that I used to do, she had um, two of them, and it's just so beautiful. Oh,
7: it's gorgeous. Yes, my friend has it in her. Um, garden and it it's, uh, we have a fundraising or she has a fundraising event most of the well around this time of the year and of course when i go there then it's, it's all out in bloom and i keep thinking oh i need one of those i yeah. just think they're so beautiful
4: i even like just the perennial um too because so do I. It, yeah yes. look at flowers nearly all year it's really good the only yeah. problem mine's been hit Really badly with the frost, so I've oh, had to okay. take it right down to the ground. Yes, yeah, yes, But um, it's great value. Yes, it is good value. Mm. Yeah, oh, so they're lovely. I like the
7: echium
3: too. I think they're beautiful. Oh, they're, yes, they things are very good this year, They I think. are. They're beautiful, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they my are. echiums are just stunning. They but, are. It's like yes. you've put
7: new plants in. Yes. They've yes, been revitalised. Yeah. And, and actually it's thrown seed off this year. So oh, everywhere. babies there.
3: All in the same bed, so I'm not worried about it. But in the bed, in that bed, I've I had one Echium and I've now got about fifteen. Oh, oh have you? Uh,
7: well, I don't to, have I'll, enough room for that.
3: <laughs> no, neither do I. I'll pull them out after they flowered.
7: Oh, okay. Uh, one no, of them is flowering. <laughs> one of them's a
3: tree. Oh, beautiful! It's just extraordinary. I, I must have at some stage decided to take it off lower down. Okay, yeah. and so now it's like this. Bendy tree with and and the flowers must be oh six seven foot up. Oh, Gosh.
8: gorgeous! So it does.
3: You can see it for mm. ages. It's lovely.
7: Yes, actually, mine's fairly big. They don't.
3: They don't last. I don't think. I mean, they're not long-lived.
7: Don't you think? I don't think so. Oh, I hope so. I've had this in for a little while now. Well, just make sure you keep one of the seedlings. Yes, I will. I thought I'd plant it in another. But also, they don't like being moved. So get that seedling into a pot. Quickly. Yes, yeah. they don't like being moved. I've My neighbour has got a
3: really soft pink one. Oh, I'd love that one. Oh, I just think it's gorgeous. My yeah. neighbour has got the most beautiful things in her garden. Has she? Oh, she's amazing. She oh. and she knows so much. You know, I yes.
4: just is that Marg? Marg? Oh, yeah, Marg Roberts. Yeah. She is just
2: fabulous. Oh,
4: she's Does in her eighties and anyway. she's still,
3: you know, f- going around the garden and. And she's just collected things over the years.
7: Oh, it's so nice to do that, mm. isn't it? She's that's a treat. Pretty, yes. And it's nice when other people give you things too when you look at it and you think, oh, that person's given me that. Or, oh, it's wonderful. It's, and it yes. helps
4: you remember what they are. It does too. <laughs> Next time I come in, I'll have to bring in a poem I, I read on the back of a newsletter for Steels Creek Gardening Club. And I actually had it on a banner at home, but it's... Um, it. What, one of the words says, and every um, flower um, and tree that I see reminds me of the friends that actually give it to you. And yes. it, it's so true because you'll walk around your garden mm. yes. and I'll say, oh, oh, that came from Fiona's. I oh. pinched that out of Virginia's garden yes, when she was away uh, on holidays. <definitely>. Nice to do (laughs) that. Somebody gave me a rose or whatever, but yeah, I was only joking.
3: (laughs) No, she wasn't.
1: (laughs) She looks horribly guilty to me. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. (laughs) No, but it's true
4: and it does. It reminds you of your um, friends. Yes, it's lovely. Well,
7: you have a lovely day and thank you so much for your program. It's really interesting. Good on you, Terry. Thank Thank you. you.
2: Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: That number, if you'd like to join us this morning, 9419 0155. We have uh, Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose Farm, Virginia Haywood, who is a guide at the Melbourne Botanic Gardens, and Sue Stevens, who's head propagator at Bushland Flora Nursery. So do give us a call, nine four one nine zero one double five. Um, Goodness me, Sue, we've got an array of plants up
4: here. We do. Yes. Um,
1: I, I see the heading <coughs> in the labels there, Creative Natives. I like that. That's very... That's interesting.
4: not actually our plant. That's not one that we've bred, but it is a lovely plant tag, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, this one I'm going to talk about here. It's, okay. Um, it's called a Southern Cassia or a San- Senna Odorata. Um, when I first started working at the nursery, Ian was buying these in from somebody and um, put Virginia's actually got it into her garden we've got I've got it in mine It's a great um plant because you can put it into a position that's part shaded or full sun. It does quite well and it's got like a fern type leaf it has um beautiful wonderful flowers buttercup cup yellow flowers um and it's very easy to propagate from seed. This group that we've got here I just collected the seed pods off okay. mine. Because I'd said, you know, why don't we do it? And he said, it's not available. So we've just grown it very easily from seed. Great little plant. It only grows to probably about one and a half metres tall. But in red soil, probably about two and a half. Okay. It can go if you put it into yeah really the rich right soil. position. Yeah. Probably uh, more upright. Helen's
3: got it in her garden. This is in Fitzroy.
4: Yep. And it's it's
3: big. big.
2: It's really It big. must be...
3: Three or four feet wide, okay, and it's in flower at the moment, and it just looks stunning. Just this bright, yellow. It's such a clear, clean yellow. Mm. You know, some yellows, like you know that daisy, I yes. hate. Yes. Some yellows are quite. I did dirty. cut it out. Too. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a very clean yellow because yeah. I think if if you've got to be careful with yellows, some it's of a great Australian
4: important. native. If you've got, I've got an Australian native and exotic garden. But I've got a cottage garden, so yep. it's one of those plants that you can it have that cottage. Yep. Actually, most of the things when you have a look that I've brought in are all Australian natives that I'll talk about that fit into a cottage environment. But the beauty of having both is um, your exotics aren't always flowering now, but through the winter months you've got such a an array of Australian natives. And that way you could always have, you, you still got your bees and your birds and everything all year in your garden, mm. which is great. Mm. Yeah, fantastic.
3: The, and the Senna, it comes from sort of southern Queensland, New South, New South Wales. 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 It's right at the forest edges. Right. But apparently it's naturalised in sort of Mauritius and in India. Okay. A lot of Australian plants are weeds overseas. Mm.
2: <laughs> mm.
3: <laughs> yes. But it's very beautiful. I think it's, and i I used them to grow yellow in my garden. I'm, I've got more and more because it's is quite, quite a. It's, it, if you get the colour right and the mix right, it can be really quite exciting in the garden, and it's wonderful in the garden in winter. Mm. Oh, definitely! You know all those wonderful wattles.
4: Yes, that, absolutely. That'd flower. Oh, I think that flowers for about three months, from what I can remember. Mm. I'll have to have a keep a note of it. But just beautiful. Mm.
0: Fantastic. Okay, let's
4: move on to the next one. The other plant that I've brought in is a, um, a and, uh or a wax flower. And there are quite a few different varieties um, of filethecas. People might know the flower girls as well. Um, but this one that I've brought in is called soft swirls, and it's one of the smaller ones. But it's, I like its habit. It actually stays um, really nice and bushy, and it only grows to about um, 80 centimetres tall by the same width. Um, A lot of them can grow up and Flower Girl tends to grow taller and a bit lanky. Yes. Um, But this one in particular I love. And also there's another one out there called, um, oh, I've got a mental blank. Um, Winter Rouge. Which is the one that I've got as
3: almost a hedge up the top. That's
4: beautiful. Yeah. But it's more sparse. The, this mm, is this, That is denser. Yeah. is are fantastic. They, they'd flower for six months of the year. Mm. And they're in bud for a long time. They're terrible to propagate. Absolute nightmare they are because um, they can tend to rot. Um, but, yeah, beautiful plant for the garden. It's just a massive flower. It is. I mean, on a six-inch pot, that'd have... It's got at least 100 flowers, really. On oh, there, hasn't hey, it? They, they used yeah. to be called
3: Eriostimon, didn't they?
4: They are, they but got some, moved. some of them still are called Eriostimons, and some of them are Philothecus. Oh, good, that can keep us the, confused. <laughs> yeah, the pink one, Virginia came into work to have lunch with me and saw the pots. We've got some stock pots of Eriostimon australasius, which has a beautiful pink, big pink flower. Um, which is absolutely gorgeous too.
1: When, you, when you're propagating, Sue, what sort of things do you do to um, in your propagating process to try and eliminate the rotting? Because the same thing happens horn- with cuttings with, ro- with roses.
4: Yeah, the they biggest rot. problem that yeah. we've had is that um, a lot of people think, oh, it doesn't grow, I'll increase the hormone. The hormone has been what's been the main problem, right. is the hormone is actually too high. Yes. And... I don't know if I've mentioned on here before, but one day Ian said, everybody says it's weeds, why can't you grow them? And I said, I've tried everything. He said, why don't you do them without hormone? And blow me down, this is native mm. raspberries, the hormone was actually causing the stem mm-hmm. rot on mm-hmm. the plants.
1: And what sort of medium do you use mainly?
4: Um, Fine. It's, it's perlite foam and... Um, peat but it isn't the medium it's actually the hormone that stays on it we've actually got a new the tissue culture lab that we're using at the moment gave me some to trial a Mm. new hormone that is put together that doesn't have the colors Um, and it's also got an antifungal but as safe as using dishwashing liquid and it is gobsmacking the results i'm having and i'm talking using 0.5 parts whereas Clonex purple, if people are using mm. that, that's three. Mm-hmm. This is a sixth of that. Mm. And I've found that sometimes it only needs a little bit, but mm. each plant is totally different. So you've got to try and work out yeah, well, what it is mm. and chart it up. And yeah.
1: that, those, that hormone, where are you able to get that from?
4: Well, it's not available yet, what I've got oh, at the clonex, moment. Clonex you
1: can clonex get from Clonex you garden. can get
4: from yeah. Bunnings. But yeah. if you're going to do Australian natives... Yeah. Uh, From what I've found, you're far better off to use a powder one or Mm. the green and even water the green down. Um, But the clonex purple was causing a lot of issues with, um, you know, some of the plants that are hard to grow. Mm. Yeah, and I thought it was the other way, but it's actually lowering so okay yeah what yeah and having amazing results actually
3: when you're propping at home sue you don't usually use hormones do you i do you do i
4: do yeah but if they're old like i don't i'm not meticulous about having it you know straight out of the bottle or whatever i'll keep using it and the only thing that i find in exotics is i end up with a better root system if i use a hormone versus not using one I
3: That's, I read the other day somewhere that, you know how we use honey? Yes. That you can also use Vegemite.
4: You can. So but, I didn't know And that. I've tried that too. But I actually got stem rot from the Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Um I wasn't wrapped with the results. I did a little trial that had um So stick, manuka. To, stick to honey. Yeah, yeah. But I can't see a huge difference between – the only reason they say to use the honey is its antibacterial properties can mm-hmm. that's prevent right. the stem rot. It yep. doesn't actually make the roots grow on the plant. And yeah, it, that's it'll what seal found. up the
1: wound too on the, on, on the can. cutting. Yeah, can, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. that's important. That's the same th- – that's what – is good for roses if you can seal that that wound off. Yeah. Then then it um, reduces the likelihood of bacteria getting in.
4: The other technique too, I mean with people that are home propagators if you're serious about actually propagating, one of the most important things is the nutrition of the plant, like as, as long as your plants well fed and yeah. the other thing is to make yeah. sure that your plant has been watered the day before, if you do that to mm-hmm. a- allow all the moisture and try mm. and get your cuttings preferably before about 8 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. um, you're going to get a much better result with your plants. And put them into a bucket of water that's just got a dash of sea salt in it and it's that's a really good way to yeah start your plants off. Mm, fantastic. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. We're
0: running through until 9.15, so you've got about half an hour to jump on the phones if you'd like to ask a gardening question this morning. That number is nine four one nine zero we We'd love to hear from you. There are no doubt people in their cars listening to us as they drive up to Mount Macedon oh. or up to the Upper Yarra Valley. Well, there's so many things on, isn't there? Virginia, when's your next... um? guided walk around the botanic gardens coming up i'm going for a
3: week to a conference about guides okay it's the Australian new zealand guides come together once every two years in in um in a week's time okay so i actually don't have i've got two walks coming up in november and i haven't got any in october but i'll just check while sue talks about the next plant and tell you when my next walks are because i love it when i get I I had a walk recently and I had no walkers because it was an absolutely horrible day and I got a whole lot of 3CR walkers. Wonderful. I, but Eight. It was absolutely
0: fabulous. I was so thrilled. Terrific. Ah, yes. Now, here I am. No. Okay, we might move on to the next plant while you're
4: looking that up. So what what's up next, Sue? Actually, what I wanted to talk about for people that are propagating to... Um, Plants that have got scale, scale on the plants, like banksias and calistamins and things like that. Um, If you make up white oil, um, 20 mils to a litre, and you actually put your cuttings into that, because sometimes you can't actually see scale... What I've found is if you have any scale on those plants, they won't strike. Mm. Is I'm actually dipping all the cuttings, regardless if I can see them or not, into the white oil okay. to eradicate that because if you do end up with scale, it can go through the yeah. whole lot. And it's, um, it's quite interesting because you could be looking at your plants and you're wondering if they've got roots. And I've had um, circumstances there that I've turned over... Um, the plant and seen it's been covered in scale and has gone through thousands of um, plants so it's a good preventative thing if people want to grow banksias because mm. they're actually very easy to grow in the home garden mm. um, you don't need any hormones, hormones are, um, will usually kill the banksia cutting, if you do try and propagate and they go yellow, it's usually either the material's too young or you've used the hormones on it and keep the cuttings really wet have
3: you found that you've got heaps of green fly, and white fly mm. yes, in white, white fly, are the white march fly. Now. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a whole lot of hover fly, mm. and and um, just I thought, oh, they've come to eat my white fly. I'm yeah. so pleased. Yeah, yeah. So pleased. But you've
1: got to give them some time to catch up.
3: Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I was squeezing. It. I figured I had so many I could afford to kill aphids. Yes. And then. Um, They would catch up. Yeah. But, oh, dear. I was telling
4: Virginia when she was away a couple of years ago, there were aphids all over her roses, and I've gone into a panic attack because I'm supposed to be looking after the garden, and came back one week later and there were none to be seen. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. 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 And and if you've got good bird activity... They'll clean them up like, like, and even the little much maligned little sparrow. He'll yeah. do a great job.
4: And the ladybirds yes, too. Yeah, the ladybirds. Yeah, I saw the ladybirds. Yeah. But birds. the
1: ladybirds have got to catch up too. Also, you know, mm. if you if you see you've got the insect, um, you've got to give it at least a fortnight before they really begin to catch up.
4: Yeah. Somebody told me that a ladybird eats ten. 10,000 aphids a year. Oh, they're guts. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they really so, are. Go ladybirds. <laughs> I'm
4: thinking, why are they so small then if they eat so we much? We see them in
1: the garden. We say, well, you love you, little gutses. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's get to a couple more callers. We uh, Next up, we have our good friend Tony out in Nutfield. Good morning, Tony.
4: Oh, good morning.
7: Um, can someone help me? Um, I've got curly leaf on peaches and nectarines. Well, it's, it's too um, late. Copper spray or something.
0: Yes, yeah, but it's too late, Tony, for this year. You really need to to apply those um, well before, well, it's at the pink bud stage, but um, even, you know, as early as June and then again uh, apply it about mid-July. Yes. But um, you, you're you just too late. I saw some curly leaf on a peach yesterday
3: in one of the gardens I visited and that was exactly what went through my head. No, nothing you can do now.
0: No. Mm. So, so just igno- what, would, what would I use next next time? Um, well, you copper can spray. use a, a, a Bordeaux spray or just a copper spray. I mean, there's there's plenty of them available now commercially, mm. labelled as copper spray for curly leaf. Mm. But as I say, you have to do it um, very early, and it, usually it takes two applications. So and it's it, winter. Yeah, mm. so June, mid-July is the ideal time.
1: Yeah. Timing's the critical factor. And it as is. Pam said, get in in, in June. Yes. And uh, pick your weather to do it too. Yes. <laughs> I,
2: <was> like, <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, but it's the the fruit's still going to be okay, Tony. Yuck. Yes. Um, I'm, but I'm afraid it's just going to look unsightly for this year.
7: Okay. Okay? A bit, a bit earlier next year.
0: Yes, definitely much earlier next year.
7: Thank you very much. Okay then, Bye. Bye.
0: And uh, next up we have uh, Julie out in North Borland. Good morning, Julie. Good morning.
8: Thank you for helping all of us struggling gardeners.
0: Oh, we struggle ourselves, don't you worry.
8: No, I have tried to ignore the massive number of aphids on my roses at the moment, and lots of those are silky garden roses. Um, but I've got a, a thing on, on cup day, and I desperately want to have some good roses. and. I've been carefully holding on to the tender shoots and hosing the... Yeah, good idea. I'm, it's just, it's and squeeze. Is there, is there something, I know, I don't think Graham's going to like me if I say this, but is there something that I could spray with? If you
3: do, Julie, you will kill the hoverflies, you will mm. kill the ladybirds, you will kill all the things that are going to eat them.
8: Right, it's the hose or
3: nothing. It's and your fingers. Put on a glove and go oh, around and yeah. squeeze, squash them.
8: Yes, I have been doing that. Reference the birds that are going to get them. I have had a whole new uh, shoot on my climb my uh, lovely red rose um, that just has snapped off, and I think one of those red ball little um, Australian minor things was was feeding uh, yeah. on the aphids and snapped it off. Right. Well, look, and my other question, please, is. Um, mulching, now i have heard somewhere that the sh- uh, sugarcane mulch is not uh, ha- is has some acidity or it's not good for acid loving plants or something or other um it's a bit cheaper of course than than pea straw but is that a false economy
1: no i think i think you're wise to work with your, your pea straw
2: yeah
1: really and you've got a natural nitrogen comes in with the pea straw as well um the other the other thing that you've got to watch with those fine mulches they can really mat on the garden and shed the water
3: that's what mm. i found with yeah. i found that really bad yeah. with sugarcane mm.
1: mulch it yeah. just
3: it it forms a mat and it you might as well be putting down carpet
1: yeah. and the same thing p- applies with putting newspaper on the garden too you should only do the edges don't p- put it in the garden because it, it it creates a shedded area like the yeah. water and, sheds off the newspaper you know yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah.
8: I'd, yeah. You're
4: right. Yeah, you can get now um, your pea straw um, baled up like sugarcane mulch, yeah. so it's actually easy to put onto the garden too mm. if you've got small spaces.
1: But careful, be be careful with the baled stuff that it doesn't really create a mat on the top.
4: As in pea straw.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, as in as in yeah, as in pea straw. If it's really chopped up. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And if and you, th- if you're paying a lot for pea straw. One time when you go out to the Yarra Valley or somewhere like that, you will find you can buy it by the bale cheaper. Ah. If you get, I know near Sue and I, there's two places, one on the Warburton Highway and one in Mount Evelyn on the Mumbulk Road where you can buy it for $15 a bale, which Mm. is a lot cheaper than you'll get Mm. if you buy it in town when you're buying it in smaller amounts.
8: So are these nursery supplies? No, no, they tend right? to be
4: Mount produce, Evelyn Garden produce and stores. Produce, yeah, produce. Salad in Mount Evelyn, oh, yeah. um, Produce Stores, and also. Uh, what I was going to say is the the other one that's the finer pea straw, which is great, is available at um, the middle nursery that's in Mount Evelyn. Oh, that sounds yeah. good. Can I
8: just ask one other question? Of my course. Husband and I, my husband and I fight about bringing the. Um, mulch up against the uh, trunks of roses at the height of summer. I might say that I do have some large large pots with roses and they struggle a bit in, at the height of summer. I do have an umbrella that I put up, a big old umbrella. Um, so at the height of summer, would you allow me to bring the uh, the mulch up against the, the uh, trunks of roses?
1: No, it's not a good idea. No, you've still got to keep it back at least, you know, two, the two sun. or three, five inches, back from the trunk. Uh,
3: can, all right, Julie. yeah. I've just asked Graham a question on your behalf. Yeah. If you've got a rose in a big pot and you yeah. know you're going to have three or four days over thirty-five, yeah. could you actually put it on a saucer of water? Yes. Yes, you can. Because I think yeah. the problem is going to be the big pots are drying yeah. out, yeah. and. Bringing the mulching closer won 't help, but what I do with some of my big pots, like my canners, I actually put them in a saucer of water when mm. I know it 's going to be really hot, well, not a saucer obviously it 's not big enough, but you know put it in in water. Mm. And I think you could do that with your roses just so there's some uptake of the water when when those horrible winds and that horrible heat is trying to kill them.
4: A lot of the time, too, it's your pot that's heating up in the um, hot weather yeah. is the pro- is yeah. the problem. Yeah. yeah, That's the other thing. Put a, a pot inside a pot yes. And, yes. And, and then and line it the provides pot. provides insulation.
3: That's yeah, right. And yeah. you can pro- line the pot with pea straw or even sugar cane, in fact because just to give it a double insulation. So to insulate the pot and to actually put the pot in some water on those really bad days I think Mm. is a good idea.
8: Oh, great. Thanks for those tips. Okay. (laughs) Good luck. Bye.
3: Bye. So you do that, do you? I mean, you've got more pots than most people.
1: Yeah, I I just live with them. (laughs) Um, The thing, if you're going to keep a tray of water under, under a pot, give it a rest. Like, don't keep the water... In that tray,
3: all the time. All the
1: time. Mm. Give it a day or so where it just doesn't have the water in the. You can water the pot, but so you've got no water in the tray. Yes. Okay.
3: And you don't want to let the water get sour. No. 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 No.
0: You also don't want mosquitoes breeding in
1: the water. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's Mm. the
2: last
0: thing you want Mm. in middle of summer. Mm. But uh, yeah. All good. I, I I really love the idea of the double installation with the pot inside the pot. Yes. I think mm. that's a, a brilliant way of guarding against the pots drying out because because so many people don't realise that, that it's actually dried out mm. and, and they water and, and the water just uh, the rushes straight just through, rushes straight mm. through and, yeah. and it's not getting to the roots of the plants at all and yet there's you know, the people are thinking, but I'm watering. I'm watering every day, and mm. you know. Well, of course, the other problem
3: is that black, which most of our pots are, yes, and absorbs the heat, so yeah. that, That's that it's right. actually hotter than yeah. us wandering around in our white linen shirts. If, yes,
1: if you, other- if you slide a, a plant, or especially a rose, out in the, um, uh, uh, you know, the warmer months, slide the rose out and see what's happening with the roots. You'll find yeah. they're brown. They actually burn, and um. You know, we we've been still on this campaign of trying to get pots that are made from a, a more insulating cardboard, yeah, uh, and that that sort of material. Um, and we've approached um, when he was alive, Dick Pratt, uh, to, to, to to carry out a program such as that. But uh, they they're saying that they can't manufacture them in, in numbers to be economical.
3: And I presume you'd have a problem with them getting wet. Eventually, Well, yeah.
1: we had some trial in, in the nursery yard 10 or twelve years ago, and um, Dick Pratt had one a, a scientific fellow at Reservoir that was doing research with them for about three years, and we then used the pots on the, on the uh, aggregate in the nursery, and they never rotted out. It was never really a problem, right. but it 's got, got to be made properly. You just can't use straight up cardboard. You know, you've got to you've got to research it. In mm. other words, yeah.
4: I've seen some pots like that. Ian's brought in. know. Haven't mm. we're not using them yet? That mm. I think are like that. But what I did want to say is when we were having trouble with um, plants that were um, tubed, I went out there with a thermometer, and we use our uh, peat mm-hmm. so that people can. Uh, we sell to some people in the little peat tubes versus the black tubes there was three three degrees difference in the soil temperature Mm -hmm. in the peat versus the black pots Mm -hmm. tubes Mm -hmm. so yeah it does make a difference the black pots because i always wondered why i bought that plant out of that batch at the nursery and it's that size and in my garden it's so small it took me ages to figure out that the pot heats up so much mm. that the plant actually grows. So mm. the black mm. pots actually get a lot hotter. Mm. If you've got your plants in pots versus what they're going to do if you have them in the garden,
1: mm. Mm.
3: which is good in spring when you want yeah. them to
4: grow, and it shocking is. in summer
3: yeah. when you're
1: wanting them They'll to live. On. And <laughs> yeah. the other thing, of course, is with, with and especially happens with roses, you'll get the roots will grow real quick. Fill the whole pot up. And what Pam was talking about, you water the top of the pot and the water yep. runs down across the top of the pot yep. and down the inside of the pot. That's right. And yeah. with roses, because they're so drought tough, the, the, the pots now in our nursery, they're full. Yep. They're just full of roots. Mm-hmm. And you can trim them back like, you know, you, you think, oh, mate, this is, I'm devastating this thing. And the roots just fill up like um, in an amazing way.
4: I tend to water my pots a lot too with like you conserving water in um, – Summer, but I've got lots of buckets, and I tend to submerge them. And quite often, yeah. you'll find that's why they're actually not um, taking in the water. They uh, you, they can be a bit pot bound, yes. but the amount of air bubbles. So people, yes. if you're having trouble with your plants, if you submerge your pots and leave them in the water until you see all the bubbles finish in the top, you know that it's actually getting a really good watering. Yes. Yes. And you're saving the water because you could then putting that pot the into another pot in. bucket mm. and tipping it back. Mm. And even with a little bit of sea salt mm-hmm. into it to yes. revitalise it, mm. that saves mm. a lot of water. Yes, If you're actually planting, that's what I've been doing now is doing that technique and putting the sea salt in and soaking the plant first before you disturb the root system mm-hmm. in the sea salt is way better than just tipping a whole watering can with the sea salt onto every plant. Yeah. That way you can do 20 plants for the same price of sea salt realistically. Exactly. Yeah, That's a very good idea. Mm. Yes, mm. excellent.
0: Okay, we'll go next to uh, Jenny out in Newham.
9: Good morning, Jenny. Yes, good morning, um, uh, everybody. Yes, I'm delighted. I, we can't get you on the radio, but I can get you on my iPad now, which oh, is very okay. exciting. Good. Gra- Graham. I've got a, a rose question. It's a perennial problem. Um, we have a lot of rosellas in our uh, mm. garden. You can imagine my question. I'm sitting here watching each morning the shoots being decimated yes. by the rosellas. Mm. Mm. And some of the roses are like half the size of what they were oh, when no. they started. And do, usually it's the red shoots they go for, but this year they seem to be going for everything. Yes. Do you do you have a technique you use in your property where you you must have a you know Rosellas in your garden as well? Surely.
1: Um. We, well, look. There's no, There's certainly no easy answer to it at no. all because the devils are in for two seconds and they can do their damage and they're gone. Yep. Um. Look. You know. I. I, I think we've got to follow perhaps what the winery people do, and if you're able to get a gun that that'll, that'll um, make a noise and. And and you know, like they do in in the wineries. But other yep. than that, I don't know any, any other way that you can work with them.
9: Yeah, they just I mean they seem to be worse this year than, than we've had. I mean we've had them before.
1: Yes. you know,
9: Sitting on a on a pool fence where we've got roses all around the pool, and you know they just sit there and. Suck the, suck the life out of the shoots.
3: Somebody from down the Mornington Way was telling me that the cockatoos are coming in and just ripping them off her roses. Oh, She's yeah. really upset. I, I mean, have, they don't do any of that in my garden, neither the rosellas nor the ro- cockatoos. Yeah. Touch wood because it could start any moment. I yeah. have
4: the wattlebirds do it to my roses in my garden as
2: oh,
4: well. really? Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I tend not to cut them back
9: because if you cut them back to encourage more growth, which... Um, then, then they just do it to the next layer down. Yes, so, right. Um, I mean, they do seem to get tired of it. I'm not sure quite. <laughs> <laughs> when that will happen but at the moment I'm just sitting here watching new shoots on my Sally Holmes which is now flattened on the top because all, oh, all the new dear. guys gone which is Oh Jenny that's terrible oh, it's, it's um, My husband keeps saying to me very philosophically we can't do anything about it and I say it doesn't mean I can't be annoyed about it I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Well there's
3: people all over Melbourne who are completely annoyed at possums for the same reason Yes we mm-hmm. don't
9: have possums here um, Virginia I'm afraid touch wood touch wood touch wood but What we about do have rabbits else. do you get rabbits? Uh, we're we're well fenced for rabbits. We've oh. had problems with kangaroos, and we've had problems with hares, and we've. I love hares. Oh they, no, they're all right. Well, they eat the bark off the trees here, so. Oh, well, um, do they? Yeah, yeah. but the roses are just the ones at the moment that are doing the most damage. And I mean, short of netting, I mean, we've got one one rose that really is, a, uh, you know, you could almost cut it back to the ground because it's mm. almost had nothing. But I just wanted on a commercial sense. Yes, yeah, so, well. Um, I can't, um,
1: one one of the one of the ways that I I know of that um, people have been keeping um, hawks and other birds out of chook runs yep. is to su- uh, suspend um, uh, fishing wire above the above the actual you know area where the chook run is, yeah. and that in itself will will confuse them and stop them getting into that area. But you get odd ones will get in. Yeah. Um and, I mean, and you can get the the sound wires that you could try too, Yeah, uh, the you, you might water. look at that Yeah, yeah.
9: Oh, look, it's... But you
3: know, then you're getting into the trouble that you're going to, You're likely to damage the birds.
1: Yeah.
9: Well, and, and I mean, we're, to be honest, I mean, we're in sort of like a five-acre area here, which, mm. you know, I've got roses through my garden. Oh, so, hard to find? Oh, well, it's a pain. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to... It sounds lovely. <laughs> something brilliant that I could have done that I'm not doing this year that, you know, but instead, you know, it's just annoying because you, you don't actually see them doing it, which is the frustration, because if you could, you could at least get some angst out of your system, I yelling at them but i don't
0: see them doing it i just see the damage that's done yes uh, no there's no easy answer jenny
8: i'm afraid all right look thanks anyway okay,
9: <laughs> okay. okay. Bye. Bye.
0: bye bye we are running through until uh 9 you are listening to the 3cr gardening show if you'd like to jump on the phones uh before we have to go for the morning we would like to hear from you that number again is nine. Four one nine zero one double five nine four one nine zero one double five. So sometimes um, the nursery is open. Can you tell
4: listeners when Bushland Flora actually opens up to the public? Yeah, actually, we will be having our um, sale, but we haven't got a date set. So in the next okay. month, we'll be open on a Saturday um, from eight thirty until four. Um, and, and we'll
3: announce it on this station when <coughs> it comes,
4: won't we? Yeah, I was hoping it was going to be in the next couple of weeks, but um, it looks like it'll probably be the end of October, November, some stage there. Is that
3: because things are slow this year because of the cold? No,
4: I think um, just running out of time and, mm. yeah, yeah. So um, people can come in. We don't have um, FPOS facility, but uh, we, when we have a sale, you can buy um, stock that we've got um in excess, uh, for five dollars for a six-inch pot and six, uh, seven dollars for the bigger pots, and then we've got some established trees that, you know, some of them are a couple of meters tall, about fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's really good. I'm actually thinking I might even get a coffee van this year. Sausage sizzle would be good too. That'll keep me <laughs> satisfied. <laughs> But I find if I go somewhere and they have coffee and food, I stay longer and buy more plants.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
0: but we'll let listeners know. We will. uh, Yes. Excellent. And did you look up your next walks, Virginia? Yes, I did. I did. And
3: I'm doing November the 8th and November the 29th, both at 10.30 in the morning. Okay. So as I said, I love it when I get three CR people because then I usually do a longer walk. Okay, because oh, we're only meant to do an eight, um, an hour and a half. But the last one, I think we did two and a half hours. It'd Goodness. be
4: lovely too in the botanical gardens. You'd have all the pomaderas out at all the, the p- moment the too. The pomaderas were
3: out for the last walk I did. And it was just fabulous. Mm. And it's, I find the garden lovely because it's got that mix of um, both native and exotic. And which, of course, is what my garden is. Yes. And I, over the years, I've just had so much inspiration from the Botanic Gardens. I think it's quite exciting.
1: Hmm.
0: Yes, absolutely. Graham. what have you got there?
1: Pam, I'd like to mention to listeners on the 15th of October, um, uh, Diana and myself will be at Charlton, um, and they have the Rotary Art Show, and it's also a garden show as well. And um, it's also incorporating in... A, a, a garden club conference with Charlton and with Kerrang on the 16th of October. So there's two days there where that, that is happening in that area. And if people are up that way, some, some people, um, picking up the three CR, um, Radio up in that area too, in, in various places. Good. And um, as this lady was talking before about picking up 3CR on the iPad, so, yes. so people can listen to us We on do their stream
0: live, or we also podcast. Yeah. If you uh, haven't got time on a Sunday morning, you can always um, simply uh, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts and you click on the gardening show, and we have the last six weeks up there in podcasts. Yeah,
1: even 3CR up with all the modern groovers and, and the movers.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So
1: that's at, at Kerrang and Charlton. Right. Up, up, in the, um, up in the wheat country.
0: And that was the 15th, you said,
3: Yeah,
1: 15th Graham? and the 16th. Okay. Yes. Okay.
3: Excellent. Yep. I, I find, because this time of year, I can't sit inside till quarter past nine, so I go out with my iPhone and listen.
0: Okay, Yeah. there you go. It's
3: much better, yeah, because, yep. you know, it's nice. I've got to get out there. Yes. Got to go and kill, if nothing else, at least go around and kill the aphids. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we do have time to talk about a couple more plants there.
4: This This one?
2: Yeah, I love um, that one.
4: This plant that I have here is called a Pymelian nivea, and at the moment it's actually in flower. Beautiful grey leaves and flowers terminally with clusters of white, um, very white flowers. Actually, um, it grows to about one and a half metres and it actually comes from um, found in Tasmania on rocky hillsides and um, dry sclerophyll.
3: Sc- they- sc- <laughs>
4: it's a horrible word. Isn't yeah, we know it it is. what you mean. Yeah, really, really good. Virginia and I both will actually. Virginia's I've just pulled, just pulled just it out. I've just pulled mine out, and the problem is I didn't prune, prune it. Prune it, yeah, and, and it, I actually had the same problem and I've just so planted... So well it goes
3: very woody? What's the problem The with shape
4: not, of it, yeah. it's...
3: Um, it just got too large and and too long it because... It grows
4: wider than taller. So okay. it tends to go out and it can become leggy... Yes. ...if you don't prune and it. it. Okay. it
3: flowers on the end of... The, uh, the end. Terminal,
4: yeah. And yeah. so
3: if you don't prune it, you end up with flowers really, really long way apart and this very, very long stem. And that's okay. not, it's, it's silly. It just looks better sort of if a, you see like, it. Under. It's like
4: little white pom poms on the end of each stem. It mm. is, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, it doesn't take long to grow, it grows really quickly. Okay. But it's one of those plants. I actually replace mine. I have them in the garden for about three or four years and then I just go and put new ones in. So, so can you cut
0: it back heavily can, each year?
4: You can, and we have it in our stock garden because we actually propagated it at work and cut it back.
3: Right, and yeah. it probably looks wonderful in the stock garden because it, it keeps look getting too cut. Bad.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yes, no, yeah. definitely. My mistake was I didn't cut it. Okay. Very,
4: very hardy, and that will actually grow in the in the part shade or in full sun. It grows in wet clay. It's really. I mean, it's a quagmire where I've got. And, no, where, no. At the moment.
3: and where I was growing it, it was dry as dry. Yeah, I was so growing it on take, my driveway and it was really dry. So it's really
4: forgiving. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love plants like that because I have the. it gets really dry in summer and then I have the runoff of everybody's blocks in yes, winter. Yes, of course. And, I mean, it's that wet. I'm digging into slush where I've got that planted. And right. It's held out really well. Wow. I'd love some slush. Yeah, well, you can come and dig some of mine up if you want. I'd really love um, some slush. This other plant that I've brought in too is right. I've actually got a um, hedge of, not a hedge, what oh. would you call it? Uh, I had but, a dead tree trunk, and Virginia said, take some cuttings of my rosemary. And if anyone's been to Virginia, she's got a very different, tall, upright rosemary. And next to it, I've got a Grevillea Rosmarina Folius um, Clearview David, it's called. And it's the most stunning thing. It's very prickly. You don't want to run into it. Um, It would make a great hedge, wouldn't it? It would. It grows to one and a half metres tall, but the flowers on it are just, it is a clear red when you actually look at it. It doesn't do it justice, just one piece, but... Also in a studio that's painted red. Yeah, I got this at Karanga probably. Oh, I'd say about four years ago, and it's just brilliant. Doesn't need any water. Does that
1: that enjoy being trimmed back after it's flowered?
4: I trim it even when it's flowering because I've got it on the edge of a walk, which it'll prickle you. So I'm continually just clipping it, and Hmm. it tends it'll flower right back. So it flowers from the tip Mm -hmm. right back to you can see into these. Into the branches, so even when it's flowering, you can still keep nipping it back into whatever shape you want. And yeah.
3: I, I go to Sue's, and I've seen it. I don't know how many times over the years, and yet I comment comment on it all yeah, the time it, because it just looks so
2: beautiful. It flowers
4: for probably six months of the year. Mm-hmm, it's really mm. good. It's fabulous. Mm, and yeah.
1: what, what was his name again, please?
4: Clearview David.
1: Clearview David
4: Gravilla okay. God yeah. only knows it's been around why for a long time. It. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a very peculiar time. name.
1: Actually, I see it around a lot in nurseries. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah With that name, it, it's a catchy name. It's a Clearview David. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's It's a like place. the Camp David rose. Oh, Pe- rose. People yes. remember that too because it's got a different name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. How odd. Mm. Yes, no, I think, I think that, yes, no. How Australian of me. Yes, um, no. <laughs> yes, no. Oh, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really, really lovely Grevillea. And it's um, it would be fantastic if you needed to hedge for yes. protection because it is prickly. You yes. don't want to run into it. Yes. But Sue prunes it all and the time it and doesn't die. And terrific for little birds. Yes, exactly. It is,
4: yeah. The birds absolutely love that.
3: Have yeah. you propped that, Sue?
4: No. No, we actually don't do that plant at work. And you It haven't... would be easier to prop, though. And you yeah. haven't propped it at home? No, I haven't. I'd say most of the um, rosemary Variety sort of grevilleas are pretty easy to propagate. Mm. I did bring in, though, to show you, Pam, I've always talked about that. That's a little apacris. Oh, lovely. Um, it's a cross between a reclinata and a longifolia. Right. Um, beautiful little apacris called pan pipes, if people have seen it out there. It's um, a dark pink and white. It just flowers for so long, I'd say six months of the year. Mm. So it's lovely if you've got a mixed garden. It will actually flower with your tete-a-tete daffodils okay. and it likes that sort of environment. Yep. So, yes. And, of
0: course, the Apacris have typically the long tubular bells. Mm. They're always so spectacular
4: they just are, hanging
0: down from the branches. I have this They're sort of like the, the,
3: the native heather, but their flowers are much bigger than the heathers. Mm. And these grow... Around bits oh, of the Yarra Valley Wild, don't they?
4: Yeah, the mo- most important thing is to keep some protection to the roots. Keep, keep the roots cool, like you've got a baronia or anything yes. like that. Yes. Yes. Um, because in the, if you go out into the bush, you never see these just in the open. They're always tucked under two in, things.
3: When they, they tend um, to be in the forest too. Shirley
4: Kahn, who's got beautiful gardens up in Monbulk, has got about a hundred different apacras in really? her garden. Really? Wow. Beautiful. Um, but she always said, like she'll put rocks at the base of uh, Just to, to keep, it keep it a bit the cooler. cooler. Yeah, yes. yeah. Mm. the other thing I love too, she said when they when she has a hot day and she has a lot of Australian natives that don't need the heat. She actually uses the leaves, fronds of the ferns, and lays them over areas too where okay. plants don't burn. Yeah.
1: But your, yeah. your idea of, of growing it in with, um, you call it tete tete or tete-a-tete the daffodil? Yes. That's a tough little critter too, isn't it? It is. Yeah.
3: But I've got hundreds of them and I just adore them. Yeah. I think they're
1: beautiful. These yeah. are
4: beautiful too, And they come in the
1: garden when you're really looking for that sort of colour. Absolutely. It's really fantastic. Because yeah. yeah. you've
4: got your corriers out, your, mm. the, your um, apacris and your tete-a-tets, mm. just beautiful colour combinations. Mm. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: I'm afraid that we have run out of time for yet another week. Of course, uh, the gardening show uh, runs every Sunday morning from 7:30 until 9:15. Uh, so, uh, a big thank you to the team for today. Um, that's been uh, Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose Farm, Sue Stevens uh, from Bushland Flora Nursery, and of course Virginia Haywood from the uh, Melbourne Botanic Gardens. Um, Our huge thank you to Liz who had to come in at the last minute and rescue us this morning with the phone. So we really do appreciate that, Liz. We couldn't run the show without you. But, of course, uh, we will be back. So tune in next Sunday. Until then, bye for now.